0: Welcome to the Wayside Podcast. The audio for this episode comes from one of the sermons given this past Sunday. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by what you hear. This is a little cruise of oil. Uh, I want to sort of explain it as we go today, uh, why this is with me and why it's important. <clears throat> can you hear me in the back? Raise your hand if you can hear me. Good. I went somewhere to speak one time and and uh <clears throat> I saw a note on the pulpit and it said, Please speak up. The agnostics in here are terrible. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 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 I want to tell you a story. <clears throat> uh, it's a story you're familiar with. You've you've heard little pieces of it all your life. Uh I want to put it together to make a point. Let's pray. Lord, be with us as we open your word, enable us to hear it, enable us to embrace it, enable us to be transformed by it. In the name of Jesus, amen. I sometimes feel sorry for God. The only thing God ever wanted was a people that belonged to him, that God could reign over as king, as Lord, as God. And God has never had that. According to the story, it starts out in a perfect environment where the first two human beings were placed in a lovely garden And God walked and talked with them. It was a wonderful thing. He made them vice regents of His creation. They named the creatures, they were in charge of the world. Um, And God walked and talked with them in the cool of the day. There was only one rule there's a tree, you're to leave the tree alone. Uh, because if you eat of that tree, you'll die. Well, there was a serpent in the garden, and the garden, the the serpent said, I've I've noticed there's a tree over here, you're not eating of it. And, And they said, well, God told us that we shouldn't eat of it, that we would die. And the serpent said, well, you know why he's telling you that, don't you? He knows that if you eat of that tree, you will become a God yourself. Which would you rather be, someone who has to obey a God or someone who is a God? And they said, we'd rather be God. Every one of us has made that very same decision. It's interesting that that God uh, didn't kill them. If you notice that, they, they continue to live. Well, why is that? Because God is merciful. When God put his Hebrew people together, he gave Aaron, the brother of Moses, a, a blessing to give the people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. In other words, may you not fall down dead every time you sin. <laughs> God let them live, and sure enough, things got worse and worse. You get chapter 3 of Genesis, and brothers are killing one another. By the time you get to chapter 6 of Genesis, God says, I've had enough. I made a mistake. I'm going to destroy all this. But he looked down and he saw uh, one person he thought worthy of saving, he decided to save his family. It took Noah, what, 50, 60, 70 years to build that ark. He finally got off the ark. He, the first thing he did was grow a vine, and the next thing he did was get drunk, and things went down again. And by the time you get to chapter 12 of Genesis, God says, you know, I'm going to do this a different way. I want to redeem my creation. I, I want to save humanity. I want to teach them the way. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to form a nation. And this nation is going to belong to me. I'm going to be their God, and they're going to be my people. I'm going to give them a very peculiar law to live by. They're, they're going to live my way. And, and he starts with Abraham, and he says to Abraham, by you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. I'm going to bless anyone that blesses you. I'm going to curse anyone that curses you. By you, the world is going to be transformed and there was Abraham, and then there was Isaac, and there was Jacob, and then there was Joseph, and they ended up in Egypt. Abraham, the one who was given this great covenant with God, was told, Abraham, I want to give you a son's. They're going to be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And he said, Lord, how will I know? How will I I know for sure? And he put him to sleep. And then before he put him to sleep, he said, I want you to take a a heifer, a female three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, and and he takes all these, these animals, and he said, I want you to cut them in two. And put one half on one side and one half on the other, and he put Abraham into a deep sleep, and a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces and he said, abraham i 'm making a covenant with you, and you're going to stay." my people, and I'm going to give you this land, and it's going to be the land of your children and your children's children, but you're going to have to go to Egypt for 400 years to get it because the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. You know what God was doing? He was saying, may it happen to me if I don't keep my word. What happened to these, these animals that had been cut in two and slaughtered? May I, may my life end, and may I may be divided if I don't keep my word. And sure enough, after 400 years in bondage, they got a deliverer. And they had a meal, a meal in haste, a meal that we will celebrate today. A meal taken in haste. And Moses led them out into the wilderness and they wandered around for uh, a long, long time, 40 years. While they were there, they built a tabernacle to worship had all kinds of things here. They did animal sacrifices in the middle of the wilderness. And everything that was brought into that temple, everything that was used in that temple, everything that was sacrificed in that temple was first anointed with oil. You know why? Because it belonged to God. Things that belonged to God were marked with oil. after 40 years wandering around the wilderness, they were brought out by by Joshua. It took them 400 years to capture the land that Abraham promised them. 400 years. They didn't just wander in and take the land. It took them 400 years of fighting to do that. They got tired of being a ragtag people, and one of them said one day, you know, what we really need around here is a king. All the other nations have kings. How come we can't have a king like everybody else? And Samuel, the high priest, went to God and said, uh, they're asking for a king, and God said, you know why they want a king, don't you? They don't want me to be their king. They don't want to live in a, in, in, in a kingdom that is mine. They don't want to be reigned over by me. They want to be reigned over by a person. <laughs> and so Samuel took oil and anointed the first king, whose name was Saul. They didn't crown him. They didn't crown him. They anointed him with oil. You know Why? Because he was, he belonged to God. He represented God. He wasn't supposed to be a big shot. He was supposed to be someone who represented God to his people. (laughs) They had another king whose name was David, who finally captured the territory that had been promised to Abraham so long ago. They only controlled it for about 80 years. During the reign of David and during the reign of Solomon. And during the reign of Solomon, they finally built the great king, the great temple, the Temple of Solomon. And everything, everything that was brought in, everything that was used, every sacrifice that was ever given was first anointed with oil. You know why? Because it belonged to God. They called it a wave offering. They would take oil and wave it over the head of every bullock, every every pigeon, everything that was sacrificed in the temple had to belong to God first. Every lamb, everything had to belong to God. Things didn't go well. After Solomon, the kingdom divided. There were 10 tribes up north. There were two tribes down south. One of the tribes down south got wiped out, Benjamin. The only one that was left was called the tribe of Judah. That's why they call them Jews. The 10 northern tribes got conquered by the Assyrians. Carried a lot. We don't know where they are. The 10 lost tribes. God said to the southern tribes, he said to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel in Nineveh and call people to repent in Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, the ones that had carried off 10 tribes. (coughs) And he said, I don't want to go. There are not any Jews up there they may repent that would be ter- but god is interested in saving creation everybody even the bad people the gentiles everyone he said to the jews you're to be a light to the nations so that all the people of the earth will find light through you you're the light of the world Finally, the southern kingdom got carried off into Babylon. And they wandered, and they struggled. And One day God said, you know what? This hadn't worked out very well. And he said to Jeremiah, one day I'm going to have a new covenant. It's not going to be like the one that I had with Abraham. It's not going to be like the one where I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. Where I gave them a law that was written on stone. I'm going to write my law on their hearts. And they're going to be my people. And I'm going to be their God. And they will all know me. They will know me from the least of them. To the greatest, said the Lord, and I will be their God and I will remember their sins against them no more. And one day Jesus showed up. And he proclaimed the kingdom of God, the reign of God where God has a people and his people follow him and we are loyal to our God. He called 12 apostles. He's rebuilding Israel. He's reconstituting Israel. And he taught and he preached and he prayed, and in the end, he went to Jerusalem and got himself killed. But before he died, he brought his disciples. Together, and he said, This is my body. This is my blood of the new covenant, of the new covenant, which I pour out for you. And what God wants is to have a people that say, I want to belong to you, body, mind. So I, I don't want to be a part of your life. I want to be the Lord of your life. You need to stop struggling to do your will and choose to do my will. You know, it's interesting. I'm a, I'm a part of a 12-step community. And everybody in that 12-step community has made this surrender. You can't be in that community if you hadn't made this surrender. Step three, where you surrender all that you have and all that you are, all that you possess, all that you ever hope to possess, you support. You give your whole life to him. You surrender it. You capitulate. Here's my question. Have you ever done that? I tell you, it's the only thing God has ever wanted is to have a people that genuinely belong to him and only to him here's the way paul said it i beg you i plead with you god has been so merciful to you offer your body to him is a living sacrifice holy acceptable to him, which is your reasonable worship. Stop being conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Have you ever done that? Has there ever been a moment in your life where you said, Lord, I am giving you my whole self. As though when the offering plate passes, you put it on the ground and stood in the middle of it. It's an interesting phrase. Where Paul says, I beg you, I plead with you. God has been so merciful to you. Offer. Offer your body. That's in, that word offer is in a very interesting tense in Greek. It's called the aorist tense. It doesn't exist in English. Uh, It means that you do something in a moment of time that affects every moment of the rest of your life. Did you know that you can do something in a moment of time that affects every moment of the rest of your life? 56 years ago, um, I got married. I really didn't know what I was doing. Susan... Absolutely didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> but something happened in a moment and has affected every moment of the rest of my life. Now, I don't wake up in the morning and say, Who will I get married to today? Uh, you know, it's done. <laughs> I was ordained a long, long time ago, they put hands on my head and they said, take thou authority to execute the office of an elder in the church of God and to preach the word. And I have never been able to get away from that. Here's my point. In just a minute, you're going to be invited to this table. And this table is all about the fact that you are a part of that new covenant community where God reveals to you from the inside out, not from the outside in, not from the law, finding a way to get it in your heart. From the inside out, you know what to do because the Spirit leads you. And you are his people. And he is your God. That's what this means. And you know what? He forgives your sins. And holds them against you no more. He's not going to say, yeah, I remember. I remember. He holds, Can you believe that? He's never going to bring it up. That's what it means to come to this table. Wow. We are rushed down here. We exist to redeem the world. Not to be a privileged people, but to be the light for a dark world. But, if today, you have to say, you know what? I've never had one of those real moments where I surrendered everything. We want to help you do that too. He and I are going to have anointing all in the back. And if you'd like to say, today... I'm offering myself, all that I am, all that I have, to God. And I want a moment in time where I know I've done that. We'll be there in the back to make the sign of the cross on your forehead. Book of Revelation says that there's a mark of the beast But there's also a mark of the Lamb. We'll give you the mark of the Lamb. Thanks for listening. Wayside Podcast is a ministry of St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. It was created by Ryan Presley and the Reverend Wesley Arning. Be sure to rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen to us. This helps more folks discover our podcast. If you'd like to know more about St. Martin's, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.